So I feel like it, the Bible clearly tells us we need to, you know, be there for the weak and be there for the, the needy. And we need to act on it and not just kind of stand by as everyone else. Hi, folks, and welcome to Humans of the Pro-Life Movement, an initiative of the Pro-Life Guys podcast where we feature the incredible women and men from around the world who are involved in the pro-life movement in different capacities, making sacrifices of their time, energy, and at times their finances to serve pre-born children, to offer educational um, information to the people around them, to offer pastoral support for families, to offer political change, whatever it may be. Today, I'm joined by a very cool contact that we have from Oklahoma. Kezia, how are you? Hi, it's great to be on here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's fantastic to have you, Kezia. As we're going to get into in just a couple of minutes here, we have a very cool reason why you are our featured guest for Humans of the Pro-Life Movement this week. But before we dive into the book that you are in the process of authoring, I'd love to just get to know you a little bit more. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Okay, so I have five younger siblings, um, four boys and a girl. Um, we live, as you said, in Oklahoma, out in the forest. Um, I was, I kind of, I really grew up being kind of very pro-life idea. And around seven or eight, I became a Christian and everything was kind of fine for a while. And then when I was around... 14, um, I just went through a really depressing time and God kind of pulled me out of that and showed me that I just had to love people more. And that kind of, um, made me just feel a lot more like I wanted to help in the pro-life movement. Very cool. And, and so, uh, again, I, as I've mentioned on previous episodes, I love hearing about people who get involved in the pro-life movement at such a young age, as you said, kind of the formative teenage years and whatnot. And I'm curious, what was it about the pro-life movement that really um, attracted your attention and drew your passion? Because as I'm sure you you would obviously admit, there's so many different issues and causes that one can get involved with, and, and many of which are seemingly more accessible, seemingly more concrete in the impact that you can have what was it about the pro-life issue that really attracted you um so I've always kind of loved babies and just life in general just kind of whenever I was younger I wanted to have 20 kids and now I'm a little more realistic I'm like let's just have like 10 because <laughs> that's a little more realistic but so I've always loved babies and um I took my last year of high school, I took a midwifery course because I was like, why not? And that kind of just made me just love life even more. And I was like, this is something we just need to protect. And so, yeah. Very cool. That makes a tremendous amount of sense. And and I'm glad that, that has kind of spurred you on towards looking at where you can have the greatest impact in the pro-life yeah. movement. And as I alluded to before, you're actually in the process of authoring a book. And I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about not only the book itself, but kind of the journey towards this authorship and what it was that spurred you on towards looking at how you could apply your skills in a way that would engage uh, what I understand to be um, a, a very young audience in understanding the beauty of, of children, of life before birth and life after birth. Tell me a little bit about this process for you. Okay, so I, ever since I was younger, I've loved writing. And 
Um, so that's just kind of been a part of me. And a couple, it was probably, I think it was in July, beginning of July, I was listening to your guys' podcast. And you talked about, it's the pro-choice book called What's an Abortion Anyways um, by Carly Maines, and it's illustrated by Mar. And so that just kind of piqued my interest, and so I wanted to research it. So I researched it, and I thought, this is horrible. Um, So basically, I'll kind of say what the book is about. It's a book that basically is making abortion seem fine, and it's to a very young audience. So I thought, this isn't right. Um, I'm a writer. I, I could totally do something against this. So I wrote a book called What's So Bad About an Abortion Anyways, which is a pro-life perspective of it. And so I wrote that. It's all written. And I just, my neighbor actually is a really good artist. So she's been working on the drawings and I'm pretty sure she's finalizing it. And then I'll work on getting it published and everything. But yeah. Very cool. And and as you mentioned, this is in response to a book that we've covered on the podcast during one of our Pulse yeah. episodes of What is an Abortion Anyways? And, and you hit the nail on the head that there's so many forces that are trying to indoctrinate not only college students or, or senior high school students, but as you mentioned, this, this book is geared towards children. And so your response of being able to demonstrate in many ways the horrors, the, the sadness of abortion while juxtaposing that with the beauty and joy of human life. I think that's phenomenal. And I'm curious, for people who are interested in learning more about the book or or maybe even becoming, um, I, I don't know if you have a GoFundMe page or something like that, but I know yeah. that publishing stuff more than just PDFs online can be a very expensive process. Where can people learn more about the book and how they can get involved? Yeah, so I have a website. It's www.wsbabortionbook.com. And then once you go there, there's like a GoFundMe link and all that. So as long as you just go to the website, then you can kind of find everything else you need. Very cool. I'm really excited for this. You've sent me kind of a, a first draft copy. I, I'm really excited about this coming to greater fruition. I'm looking forward to the, the illustrations and everything, as I hope many of you in the audience are as well. And so this is really cool. And the last question I generally like to ask people is about what words of encouragement, empowerment? I'm sure that through your time um, growing as a pro-life leader, as a pro-life ambassador, you've had mentors and people who have encouraged and empowered you. What kind of words of wisdom or encouragement would you offer to those tuning into this episode to um, help them become, whether it's active for the first time, whether that's simply more active than they've been in the past, what would you say to people to help them with their activity? Um, so I would totally just say, just go for it because, um, like you waiting and being afraid isn't really doing anything. And basically not doing anything is as bad, is almost as bad as having abortion itself because it's, they're both bad things. So I really like, um, I'm going to say a couple of Bible verses I really like. I really like, um. It's James 1, 22 through 25, which said, which says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and perseveres being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. And then this kind of ties into it. It's Psalms 82, 3 through 4, which says, 
Give justice to the weak and the fatherless. Maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute. Rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. So I feel like it, the Bible clearly tells us we need to, you know, be there for the weak and be there for the, the needy. And we need to act on it and not just kind of stand by as everyone else um, is doing the same thing. So just I say just go for it and pray a lot about it. Absolutely. I think that's phenomenal. I, I reflect often on the words of Proverbs when it when it asks, does not God weigh the hearts of men? Does he not yeah. know um, your your intentions and your fear? Does he not know all of this already? And I, I think as well of the words that are so often attributed to Edmund Burke of the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. And I think you hit the nail on the head mm-hmm. that we need people to act with courage. We need people to act in whatever sphere of influence they have. In whatever way um, the Lord has blessed them with the gifts that they have, that, that we often have this idea of humility, that I'm not able to make a difference, I'm not smart enough, I'm not strong enough, I'm not capable enough, and yet God equips us with with all the tools that we need for this earthly battle. And so I, I think those are wonderful words. Thank you, Kezia, so much for joining us, and I look forward to learning more about this book as it gets closer and closer to publishing. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This was great. Fantastic. And thank you all um, who are tuning in, whether it's on your favorite podcast catcher, whether it's on YouTube or, or through our website at ProLifeGuys.com. Thank you for being um, our audience today. If, if this is the first time you've checked out the program, please check out other content, not only our other Humans of the Pro-Life Movement episodes, but also our flagship um, series, Pro-Life Guys podcast, or our monthly roundup of important and interesting abortion-related news from around the world spoken at from a pro-life perspective, which we cover in the podcast. And so please do check that out. If you want to become a partner of the show, please check out our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash prolifeguys. And we are running these rolling courses. Check out our website, www.prolifeguys.com to learn more about the courses and other sweet merch that we have on the go. So thank you very much. I hope you have a great rest of your day wherever you're at.